Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with the one and only Mr. Greg Dickerson. Folks, and do me a favor. He's recording this on Labor Day. So do me a favor if you appreciate Greg's uh, commitment to the channel, the value he brings. Leave a comment below. Let him know that you appreciate uh, what he does for the channel. Uh, Greg, I, I recognize you and I appreciate you. Thank you very much for me. Yeah, man. Thank you. Labor Day. So let's work. There you go. I like it. I like it. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about is uh, a headline that actually almost 20 people, right? 20 followers of mine have sent me Bank of America has rolled out a zero down, zero closing costs, no minimum score, no mortgage insurance loan. Uh, I did learn this morning that's only for five cities, Miami, L.A., Detroit, Charlotte, Dallas. Look at that. I remembered them all. Um, so it's only it's, it's a pretty small footprint. But when I read that headline, zero down, potentially giving loans to people who can't afford it, I have flashbacks to the to the run up. Right. In 2005, the exotic products came out and the crash didn't start in 05. It came out, it built, it built, and it was never the first program like this one, but it's the 17th that copies it. And do we could be on a bad path? I mean, this is this is like, are are we serious? I mean, that's that's how I saw it, but I'm I'm not sure what you thought of it. Well, first, let me congratulate you. You're up to 20 followers now. So great job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that's number one. Uh, number two. So I, you know, I haven't read the fine print and the details of qualification. Sure. So this is very different than the last time. And this is what the crisis started with last time was subprime lending in lower income areas, you know, getting people into houses, you know, with the big push, you know, from the administration back then that, you know, get everybody into home ownership because, uh, you know, that is the American dream for a lot of people, right? But not everybody needs to and should be a homeowner you know, all the time. And I apologize for my voice. I'm still, I have COVID. I got it last week and I'm still dealing with it. So my voice is kind of in and out, but, um, you know, so that's number one. So there are some people that have good jobs, good steady income, but don't have the down payment, you mm -hmm. know? So if they're qualifying people to have a good credit history, have good stable employment and still have to, you know, qualify in that regard, then it could be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's just, could you know, be. there are some people that, that legitimately need assistance. Now, we've had zero down programs in a lot of states where you can go through the housing authority and get into a house with little, you know, zero or little money down. So I think that's the biggest difference. I think this time around, they're going to at least still qualify people. They're starting in a few markets, whereas last time it was a nationwide, nationwide. thing. Yeah. There was no qualification. It was like anybody could get a loan. So it's very different, very small percentage of the market, very small demographic. And the good news is, in some of these markets, the housing market is shifting. So some people might be able to actually use this program to get into a home that otherwise couldn't, that is a qualified borrower other than a down payment. Yeah. So I want to, I want to do a couple of things. So first off, um, this individual program, I don't know any specifics about, but yes, I think your statement is correct. They must still qualify. So it's still a good loan. It's like, it's just like, Hey, I can't save the down payment for whatever reason. So I think, and believe it or not, there's a lot of people that make, you know, 200,000 a year, like professionals, doctors, lawyers, whatever, professional, uh, you know, tech workers that can't save up for a down payment because they're paying off student loans. Mm -hmm. They're living big lifestyles, you know, nice cars, yeah. things like that. Yeah. And they can't put together a down payment. There's a lot of builders that, you know, will build people a house and get them into a house without them having to put money down through creative financing through the building because they, they've got great credit. They've got good income. They just can't save a down payment. So there's a lot of people in that position. 
No, I, I totally agree. And I think it's very worthwhile. I, I'm a firm believer of getting on the property ladder, but I want you to stay on the property ladder. I saw too many people in the last crisis get on and they get kicked off and then destroyed and really hurts generations, right? When mom and dad lose the house, it hurts the kids, right? The kids remember that. And, and they may be renters longer than they should because of yeah. what happened to mom and dad. So I want to be very clear. I think there's a wonderful program as long as it's real lending. Uh, and let's also not forget that, you know, this, this 2005 iteration, or maybe it was even late 2004, the first program wasn't the problem. It was when it became the model that all others copied because to your point, subcrime, these, this is from memory. So it won't be accurate, but I think it'll be close. Subprime, if you go back to 2003, made up somewhere between 8 and 11% of all loans. By the end of 2006, it was 53%. It just became the answer for everyone, right? If I, again, the other thing that I see about today, this program in 05, is in 05, we just had two years of crazy appreciation, like today. Then, then, I don't know if you know this, Greg, but banks are in the business of making money. And how they make money is lending. So if you're in a market that's unaffordable, like today, you have to create programs that pulls from whoever's left. And if national affordability on a scale of one to 100 is a 30 and 25 is like a red flag, there's just not that many other people available. So you have to do exotic things like zero down. Like last time, it's now illegal. Uh, you give a 1% loan for two years and then it resets at 9%. That's how they did it last time. So again, I'm not concerned about this program. If it's in five markets, it won't be big enough to destroy the market. I'm afraid about what may follow. That That's like PTSD for me. It's like, God, this could just be the start of craziness. Yeah, history often repeats and you know we we often forget the lessons of the past very quickly. And we, we already saw, you know, here recently with bank statement loans, no income verification, no doc loans. I mean, that kind of stuff's come back. It's coming back. Yeah. You know, you still had to kind of qualify with a good credit score and things like that. But there's been some loans originated over the last few years, and especially in the commercial market mm. uh, with what we've seen there. You know, there's yes. been a lot of easy credit in, in the commercial markets with, you know, multifamily and things like that with these interest only bridge loans and stuff that is very interesting. But you know, again, the the difference this time is the lack of available inventory. So it's going to be limited in that regard. Prices are so high, it's you know, it's going to be difficult for these deals to work out in a lot of a lot of markets at scale versus last time where it was just a nationwide plunge, and you know there was plenty of inventory, plenty of houses to choose from, and plenty of people wanting to buy houses. Yeah, th this is uh, this is actually a topic that came up on my Saturday live stream. Um, and it's it basically basically if you copy Bank of America's program but make it national and make it federal backed or you know however you know basically Fannie and Freddie will buy all of these loans. That's if th these are these are things that freak me out. Like if Fannie and Freddie said, "Hey, we will buy all of these zero down loans. Let's call the program, I don't know, Home Ownership 2.0, whatever they're going to call it. It'll be some silly name." And what's going to happen is banks will go, okay, great. I can't do refis. Refis are off 83%. Uh, you know, other loans aren't working. I'm going to sick all of my operators on this. We're going to flood the market with people doing these loans. What will happen is, again, more demand. 
what is already happening, as you've just said, is inventory is nowhere to be found. And I think going lower, which is frightening. Yeah, we're coming into the soft season for the, you know housing yeah. inventory. Exactly. The winter months. Oh, my goodness. Right. And then what happens is one part of the market. The low end, the first time home buyer inventory, which is already unicorn status, it will jump up 10, 15, 20 percent because of these federally backed loans and all of the push. And it will become a bubble all by itself as it just builds and builds and builds. And again, that's kind of PTSD for me. I I, I mean, there, I, I, own, I own a lot of these single family homes in my market. And I told somebody over the weekend on the live stream, it was like, if, if they did this at a national scale, my affordable homes could jump from 300 to 500 overnight, right? Not overnight, really, but over six months. And and I said, I'd sell everything because it's unaffordable. I mean, it's just, it, it freaks me out. And maybe I'm worried about nothing, but I'm worried about copycats. Yeah, well, you know, I don't think it's time for worry right now. I think uh, it's still early. It's very limited, small market. We'll see even, you know, what type of impact it makes. But I think, like I said, for people that otherwise couldn't buy a home that have every availability to be able to do it, they can qualify. They, you know, they need one. They should be able to get one. I think it's going to be good for for those individuals. But, you know, I don't think it's going to see something that's going to benchmark at scale. There just isn't enough inventory out there to ruin the housing market like, like before. And, you know, even in your area, I mean, your market's one of the ones that's correcting heavily. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked last week about Blackstone pulling out. and Yeah, we did. <clears throat> pulling out of Fresno, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the markets that that's, you know, targeted for, for massive correction. And uh, But, you know, this is such an interesting time for the housing market. And especially going into the fall and winter, we've already got limited inventory. We're seeing, you know, inventory reduce, uh, even though, you know, uh, listings are increasing in some markets. We're seeing it reduce in others. Uh, it's just, it's a fascinating time in the housing market. Yeah. The other thing that uh, Brian Lebo, who does, who's my Vegas agent and will be on tomorrow to talk about Las Vegas. He, he did some math for me over the last month. And in 2021, Vegas average, I'm going to use round numbers, 300 cancellations, 300 uh, listing cancellations a month, 300. Last month, 1,677. Up 300. Again, this is all wish pricing, want to sell versus need to sell. I really expect as we get to the middle of September, as schools kick off again, there'll be more and more. Like I like the listing spike we saw, it was always fake. Because again, I think there was 10, 15, 20% of wish pricing. And if you whack 20% of inventory, we're going to go to record lows again pretty quick. Yeah, what's really interesting too is the higher the rates go, obviously the more demand that destroys for new buyers. But it also destroys, you know, interest of sellers wanting to exactly. sell. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. You know, we want rates to go higher so that it'll correct the demand and bring more inventory online. But it's actually creating yeah. less inventory at the same time because the sellers are like, well, what the heck, man? There's no houses out there. They're record high levels still. I'm not going to pay six or seven percent when I'm paying you know, two, two and a half percent right yeah. now, two and a half to four. Uh, <laughs> it's it's really, really interesting. Yeah, the Fed broke housing. It's going to be broken for years. The only thing that fixes this, in my opinion, is time. I am concerned about government intervention, and it's these kind of first-time homebuyer programs that they'll do, and it will just distort the market. It will it will take the low end where there's the least inventory, and just it'll distort it with artificial demand. So that is a and big. Here's the interesting market. thing too is when you do the math and you look at a thirty-year amortized mortgage at two and a half percent, it you know if the prices were adjusting correctly, it would be the same 
you know, as a 30 year mortgage at 6%, if you bought the house for 30 yeah. or 40% less than right now, problem is there's no houses, there's no price adjustments at that yeah. level, uh, you know, for that to work out to where it's kind of a wash, you know, there just isn't anything out there. So it's, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's gonna be interesting to watch and see how long it takes and how high rates go, you know, for this, this stuff to correct. Yeah. I, I don't know if we talked about it last week. We'll end with this. I think rates will have a seven on it sometime Q1 of twenty. Potentially. I mean, they're headed that way. It's all about bond yields, right? And, you know, yields are under pressure right now. So, uh, you know, if QT the Fed starts, kicks in. Yeah. They start rolling off treasuries, then, you know, yields arguably should go up. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works. And I mean, I think there's, there's some analysts out there that are putting four, uh, four handle on treasury. So if you get treasuries in the fours, you're going to get definitely uh, mortgage rates in the sevens. Well, dude, there, there's actually a couple of people talking about the fed funds it for. Mm -hmm. And that well, that's have... their target. I mean, that's where they need to get. Right. And then that would probably put the tenure. It got to have a five on it. Right. You would think. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, four is pretty aggressive. I don't know. I don't know. When's the last time we saw a five on 10 years? Oh, it's probably 2003 or four, probably. Yeah. So, five you know, one step at a time. You know, the Fed <laughs> funds rate right now has to get to 4%. I mean, I think everybody knows that. Inflation is very different this, even than what they thought during the pandemic, mm -hmm. not just transitory, this, that, and the other. But it's it's a whole different, you know, global animal now that's not going away because of yeah. wages, because of you know, just the way the world's changed through everything the last couple of years. I mean, this inflation's not going anywhere. Yeah. What I, I'm going to, I'm actually not going to watch headline. I think headline comes down, gas is down, but it's going to be core. I, I think, I think we may have an opportunity where headline comes down, but core goes up and that'll just be a big kerfuffle for the Fed to work on. Yeah. Once rents and housing hits into the, the calculations, that's going to make a big difference. Gas has definitely been coming down. It's coming down more Obviously, OPEC is trying to talk oil prices back up yeah, again. Yeah, they just did a cut today. I don't know if you saw well, that. Well, they just said they're said going to. They're I don't know if they to. actually no, have they, done they, it. No, they haven't done it yet. I believe it starts October 1st. But. So they're trying to talk the markets up, and we'll see if they you know follow through with it. But that's 100,000 barrels a day they're talking about mm -hmm. decreasing because uh, they don't like oil under 90 bucks a barrel. Yeah, clearly. Exactly. Well, do me a favor, Greg. Uh, where can people find you? GregDickerson.com. That's where all my info is. Go check it out. Thank you, buddy.